Go pound sand. That's what our response should be to any unconstitutional power grab on any governmental level from local to international. Now you may have seen some coverage of the latest power grab from the World Health Organization, but the remedy to stop this isn't to petition the WHO. We'll look into this organization and its upcoming effort to take control of your health decisions. Be sure to use our free online tool to contact your legislators to tell them to block any efforts from the WHO. Links are in the description. And please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this information. Back to the basics. Not only is that the title of one of our longest running pamphlets, it's also good advice. In this example, we go back to the operating basics of the American Republic. Fifteen years before the War for Independence, a movement was created to build momentum for independence. In 1776, we the people declared independence and won that war. Their first attempt at crafting a governing document between the states fell apart and at the Constitutional Convention of 1787 scrapped the Articles of Confederation and wrote an entirely new document, the Constitution, which better codified the philosophy of the Declaration of Independence. Each state ratified the document, which established limitations on a federal government. This federal government was delegated limited powers from the states or we the people. Four years later, the Bill of Rights was added to ensure additional protections to individual rights. The Bill of Rights also helps to clarify that any powers not delegated to the federal government are reserved for the states or we the people. We the people have delegated limited powers to the states and the states then to the federal government. We the people hold the bulk of powers, at least that's how it's set up and how it's supposed to work. Any activity on the government's part to work outside of its limitations is supposed to be met with action from those whose power has been usurped or seized. For instance, if Congress works outside of its limitations, as seen mainly in Article 1, Section 8, the states should act to nullify it. Local government should do the same if the states usurp power from we the people. One of the fail-safes on this is supposed to be frequent elections as well as nullification from the county sheriff. Where does the World Health Organization play into this? The WHO has proposed to usurp powers from entire nations by seeking to gain the power to declare health emergencies and to have its dictates enforced. Realize what this would mean if another pandemic occurred. Perhaps they seek the same control that China has over its population with regard to lockdowns. And if you think we're just blowing smoke, let us help you see how serious this really is. Head over to the Centers for Disease Control's website and look for international health regulations and read that first line. The International Health Regulations, IHR 2005, are a legally binding agreement of 196 countries to build the capability to detect and report potential public health emergencies worldwide. Notice the phrase legally binding agreement. Anyone interested in jealously guarding themselves from usurpations of power should be asking the questions of why, how, and who. These regulations come from the WHO, but they were never passed into legislation by Congress and they were not ratified as a, as a treaty by the Senate. And of course, they were not passed individually by the 50 state legislatures. According to Professor Sam Hallaby of Georgetown University, who wrote an October 2021 white paper called 
executive authority under the U.S. Constitution to enter a pandemic treaty or other international agreement. The content and process of pandemic treaty negotiations will be shaped by current international agreements, including the International Health Regulations, 2005, which the U.S. joined as a sole executive agreement through its ascension to WHO authority. Wait, what? An executive agreement through its ascension or consent to WHO authority. There are several things wrong with this. Number one, an executive agreement isn't legislation. Check the first line of the Constitution after the preamble to see that Congress holds that power. We talked about this last video. Number two, this isn't even an area that the federal government gets to legislate. Check the enumerated powers listed in Article 1, Section 8. But, 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 you might say, we have federal agencies and laws that are passed and a judiciary that has upheld these. And our response will be, yeah, and guess what? Those are unconstitutional, according to the Ninth and Tenth Amendments and Article 6 of the Constitution. Plus, the practice of the federal government working outside of its limitations is repugnant to the concept of federalism and the very scope of limited government and its function of protecting our God-given rights. And number three, the membership of the United States into the WHO came about via congressional resolution, which is not a constitutional means of legislating any of the WHO's directives or missives, meaning we are under no obligation to the World Health Organization. According to the Congressional Research Service, the United States was one of the original signatories to the WHO Constitution concluded on July 22, 1946. In 1948, Congress enacted a joint resolution authorizing the President to complete acceptance of WHO membership. President Truman signed the joint resolution into law on June 14, 1948, and in accordance with the joint resolution, signed the U.S. Instrument of Acceptance of WHO membership on the same day. In reviewing this three-page resolution, it merely provides guidelines for the President to utilize federal staff and it implements budgetary limitations. Plus, the last line is the clincher. It reads, Section 5, In adopting this joint resolution, the Congress does so with the understanding that nothing in the Constitution of the World Health Organization in any manner commits the United States to enact any specific legislative program regarding matters referred to in said Constitution. Ladies and gentlemen, how in the world are we supposed to believe that we consent to WHO authority given that it is spelled out in black and white that the U.S. isn't committed to enacting any specific legislative program of the WHO. The international health regulations of the WHO came about in 2005, and in finalizing these in 2006, the U.S. State Department submitted the following note to the WHO. It reads, The government of the United States of America reserves the right to assume obligations under these regulations in a manner consistent with its fundamental principles of federalism. With respect to obligations concerning the development, strengthening, and maintenance of the core capacities requirements set forth in Annex 1, these regulations shall be implemented by the federal government or the state governments as appropriate and in accordance with our Constitution to the extent that the implementation of these obligations comes under the legal jurisdiction of the federal government. To the extent that such obligations come under the legal jurisdiction of the state governments, the federal government shall bring such obligations with a favorable recommendation to the notice of the appropriate state authorities. 
And a few paragraphs later, it reads, Based on its delegation's participation in the negotiation of the IHRs, the International Health Regulations, the government of the United States of America does not believe that the IHRs were intended to create judicially enforceable private rights. The United States understands that the provisions of the regulations do not create judicially enforceable private rights. Again, we are under no obligation to do anything with these international health regulations. Yet the CDC website and others who fall lockstep into thinking that the WHO is some sort of authority would have you believe otherwise. And this, friends, is why you should always question attempts by government at all levels to usurp power. We, the people, should jealously guard and enforce the constitutional limitations of, of government. And when there is a usurpation, swift action must follow. Now, herein lies the problem. Usurpations of power are rarely challenged, but the founders expected citizens to hold their elected officials accountable. James Madison, the father of the Constitution, and Alexander Hamilton wrote about these individual and state legislature responsibilities in Federalist Number 16, 33, 44, and 46. When the WHO thinks they can usurp power from we the people, we have tools available to stop or nullify them. And if you're in the camp that thinks nullification doesn't work, well, let's just rewind back to 2020 and 2021 when lockdown tyranny was pressed upon the American people. Many elected officials and business owners decided to not enforce it. That, folks, is nullification. This country has a rich history of using nullification to protect citizens from the harms of big government. And this is why we've asked membership and supporters to contact their state legislators and Congress to take action in protecting us from the efforts of the WHO. Links to those are in the video description. We also need to understand that a movement exists to tear down our unique system of government and to seize those powers for a world government. The WHO is just part of a larger network set up to do just that. So let's give you some historical perspective on the WHO and the aims of those who helped build it. A few years before Mr. Robert Welch founded the John Birch Society, he published a somewhat regular monthly journal called One Man's Opinion, which he renamed American Opinion. His May 1958 issue carried a lengthy article from Dr. J.B. Matthews simply titled The World Health Organization. Mr. Welch wrote of Dr. Matthews in September of 1958, he was the first individual who had an intimate knowledge of the workings of the communist conspiracy to give testimony before either a congressional committee or a court of law. He has poured out thousands of pages of testimony since then and has supplied information unceasingly to members of congressional committees and their investigating staffs without one date, name, or fact he has given ever being successfully challenged. Over the past two decades, Dr. Matthews had has made himself probably the most effective enemy the communists have had in America. In the article, Dr. Matthews characterized the World Health Organization's constitution as the Magna Carta for global meddling. As he pointed out, the WHO constitution opens with a statement that nine principles are basic to the happiness, harmonious relations, and security of all peoples. The first and last of these give you an idea of what they're trying to accomplish. The first reads, health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. 
and the last, governments have a responsibility for the health of their peoples which can be fulfilled only by the provision of adequate health and social measures. Now these are guiding principles for its constitution, that health is much more than sickness and that government is responsible for the health of its people. Now knowing what we do about the complete backwardness and unashamed absurdity of the treatment of COVID around the globe, these two principles should have freedom lovers shaking in their boots. Dr. Matthews also wrote, WHO apparently proposes to be a world authoritarian and totalitarian agency to hand down the scientific truth, a shining example of liberal aspirations for suppression of the freedom of the press. Now, isn't that what we saw during COVID and still see in regards to pushing the COVID jabs? Dr. Matthews also pointed to the person most responsible for writing the WHO Constitution, a Dr. Brock Chisholm. Dr. Matthews reported that Dr. Chisholm had come up with a way to implement international law by circumventing the usual procedures for the ratification of international conventions or agreements. The member states, in ratifying WHO's constitution at the beginning of their membership in the organization, signed a blank check to be bound by such regulations as should be adopted by the World Health Assembly in the future unless they formally notified the Director General of non-compliance. The long, slow, and usually never completed process of ratification by each government of an international convention is thus avoided, says Dr. Chisholm. Thus, the whole argument that the U.S. is committed to IHR regulations because of acceptance of membership in 1948. But let's not forget, Trump gave notice of ending the relationship with the WHO and stopped American funding of the organization. However, President Biden restarted it without Congress's approval. Pro-communists like Dr. Chisholm, though, don't think too highly the concept and practice of limited government. According to Dr. Matthews, Dr. Chisholm said, It is obvious that none of our constitutions was ever designed for the world the way it is now. It was never designed to support and use the United Nations. I think all our constitutions were designed for competition to the death, always with the certainty that warfare lies behind the legislation of all past generations. That is gone. Because that is true, our constitutions, I think, without exception anywhere in the world, are obsolete and need to be changed extensively in order to fit this changing world. All our methods of doing business were designed for the same purpose. None of them was designed for mutual cooperation on a world basis for the welfare of mankind. Folks, this just goes to show you that the threats to this country's sovereignty and by extension the threats to the rights of citizens are no different today than they were in 1948 and 1958. Robert Welch called it the communist conspiracy that was illegally forging ahead using any means possible to shape the world into a new world order under world government. The progress they have made in their mission since then and the great leaps taken within the last 24 months alone should be reason enough for you to now jump to your feet and take action. But what do we do? Long term, we need to get out of these entangling alliances that have conditioned Americans to accept the false authority of global bodies. Long term, we need to work toward canceling usurpations of power at every level. Long term, we work to restore the American experiment of freedom our founders began. Short term, we use the bulwarks our founders established to preempt the WHO strike. We contact our state legislators 
to issue resolutions nullifying the international health regulations. We also contact Congress to tell them to not implement anything coming from the WHO and to stop funding the WHO. To do this, check out the links in the description. An organization is needed to win against an organized movement or conspiracy. The John Birch Society offers short-term tools and long-term strategy to win the battle. We are organized locally in all 50 states, and when working together all at once, we create huge influence that has saved the sovereignty of this country time and time again. We need more people to make a concerted push to get government back within its constitutional confines. And with your help, we definitely will win. Join today and start working with others in your area. And please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this information. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society. Until next time, stay informed, stay active, and get organized, patriots.